The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Your discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. Coming up, Nicole tells your fortune. Looking ahead. So get out your crystal and stay tuned with Mistress Nicole. All dressed in leather, you won't forget her. You want to love her and you won't let go. Who's that woman, crazy woman, Nicole? All right, it's another Friday and Marcy Wheeler is here. We talked for pretty much the whole hour. So I'm just going to go to the videotape. Hit it. It's another busy week in Trump land. Uh, uh, poor Donald. Uh, uh, screw that. He's getting what he deserves, I think. There's so much to talk about, but Marcy Wheeler, I think we have to start today with the news story that you broke. In fact, um, a bombshell story, the reporting at EmptyWheel.net, was posted with a smoking gun headline. FBI didn't have sufficient evidence to prosecute firearms crimes against Hunter Biden. You published that yesterday. You told us about it uh, before. Um, my question for you, did anybody else in the media pick up on your story? Uh, no, or the under, I mean, the the bigger, the bigger, surpri- not surprise. I mean, um, the bigger problem is they didn't catch up to the underlying issue, which is that um, 81 days after indicting Hunter Biden, David Weiss, who's now a special counsel, decided to, for the first time in over five years of investigating him, get a warrant to access the the um, the iCloud content that they already had to go look for evidence of this crime. And it's and it's it's a it's a procedural thing. They're in a place right now where they're arguing, oh, yeah, we are always planning on on charging you with gun crimes. Um, and there's good reason to believe David Weiss wasn't always planning it. And that the only reason he did is because Jim Jordan demanded it. And this is very compelling evidence that that's true, that they like they did not bother to access content that they had had for years. All it would have taken was a warrant, right? And they could have gotten it two years ago. They could have gotten it three years ago. They could have gotten it four years ago. They didn't bother to do that in all that time. And that's a, that's a testament really that they really just weren't going to charge him with gun crimes and then decided after the big um, political campaign to do so. And so um, those motions to dismiss in the Hunter Biden case are all briefed up and we'll see what Judge Noreka in that case um, wants to do. But 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 the other thing that's going on, I mean, the reason I, I wrote that smoking gun is because earlier in the week, so last week, Hunter Biden's gallerist, his his art dealer, former art dealer, because he kind of let him go, mm-hmm. uh, testified to the House. And he basically, you know, he's he basically said Hunter Biden was never getting paid for paintings as much as this Washington Post story in 2021 claimed. And therefore, as much as the entire theory that Hunter Biden is laundering money and influence to his father through these $500,000 paintings. In fact, what, what we learned is that the paintings, that the, the highest payment for a painting he got was something like $85,000. Mm-hmm. We learned that the gallerist was getting threats. We learned that simply carrying Hunter Biden as, a, as, a, as an artist cost the gallerist quite a bit of money. And so... Uh, I think on Monday, um, Ben Smith had an interview with the new publisher of the Washington Post uh-huh. and said, uh, Will Lewis, and he said, you know, how how do you manage to avoid getting a partisan brand like others? And it was a stupid question because like the only outlet that has a partisan brand besides ones that are like affirmatively partisan, like, you know, this American Prospect or, or something is MSNBC. No one else has a partisan brand. And Will Lewis says he points to this article from Matt Pfizer, who's one of two of Washington Post's main dick pic snippers. And he says this this is an example. And what that article was, was an example that the Washington Post is not correcting themselves Mm -hmm. when they're 
manufactured scandals turn out to be debunked. So that one, Matt Weiser, like in that interview with um, George Berges, the, the gallerist, he said that Weiser's earlier article came up four times. And there was one exchange where a Republican congressman was like, so let me read you the passage from the Washington Post. Are you telling me this is false? And the gallerist straight out said, that is false. I never said that. Hmm. So in other words, like, you know, that the, the gallery said that that article in 2021, false, based off an entire false premise. And Matt Weiser in 2021 called up all sorts of art critics, said, what do you think? Is Hunter Biden worth $500,000? They said, oh, my God, that's really inflated. <laughs> called up all these ethics uh, advisors, said, what do you think about Hunter Biden getting $500,000 per painting? Oh, my God, with inflated prices like that, it sure looks like uh, an ethical problem. Well, guess what? He was never getting paid $500,000. The entire premise was wrong. Will Lewis points to that. This is this is an example of us not being partisan. I'm like, no, this is an example of you lying. Right. This is an example of you refusing to do basic ethical corrections when your manufactured conspiracy theories, your manufactured scandals about Hunter Biden turn out to be wrong. And then the other one. So the reason I called that a smoking gun, besides because it's all about guns. This is, you know, until, until gotcha. we move to the tax crimes <laughs> in California, I'm going to call it. I'm going to make fun of the guns ones. OK, um, you know, remember Devlin Barrett, he gets he gets an October surprise every second October, every every election year. Right wingers call him up and tell him what to say as if it's true. And he does it. And. Uh, you know, he was the one in 2016 who turned a non-story about the Clinton Foundation investigation into a leak mm -hmm. that was one of the many things that contributed to Hillary Clinton's loss. Right. And we later learned, you know, that it was not true. This was the basis Trump used to fire Andy McCabe um, when he challenged that. DOJ settled with him. Um and then in 2022, again, and this is what started the entire conspiracy theory that we're now working through in the House. He published an article with Perry Stein saying, oh, you know, they've got evidence for tax crimes and gun charges. It's up to David Weiss to see if he's actually going to charge it. And that's what really kicked off this entire campaign that indeed led to Hunter Biden being charged days before the five-year statutes of limitation expired. Um, and this this effort after the fact to collect evidence that they had never bothered to collect before because they weren't going to charge him because it doesn't you know, like one of the points that Abby Lowell made his his attorney made in his in he filed he had some filings come out on Tuesday. Um, he's like, DOJ is well established that for a recovering addict like Hunter Biden, mm -hmm. the outcome is far better if he's sober to keep him out of jail than to put him into jail. Right. Like, and you've decided that Hunter Biden has to go to jail to appease Jim Jordan and Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, the whole thing, this story, this smoking gun story that you broke at emptywheel.net this week goes back to the beginnings this October of 2022, Devlin Barrett, Washington Post story, claiming that the Fed had enough evidence to charge Hunter Biden with a false statement tied to purchasing the gun in 2018 when Biden was admittedly at the time smoking crack. And now you've you've through your research and your investigations found out that they they got the indictment or the uh, the warrant after the fact that 81 uh, days after the fact, 81 days after the fact. And and, um, and you know, they're yeah, 81 days after the fact. And when they when they revealed that they had gotten that warrant to Abby Lowell, again, Hunter Biden's attorney, they didn't tell him, here's where we found that particular text. And it's not yet clear uh, Abby Lowell's going to going to move to suppress that warrant, which is going to be interesting because then it's, we're going to get into what Abby Lowell knows about the laptop and what the FBI believes they know about the laptop. But the point is that, like, the only outlets that reported on this this warrant obtained after the fact, much less um, the prosecutor in that case, um, you know, 
he very manipulative of journalists and it worked like mm-hmm. a charm because these journalists mm-hmm. are just looking for dick pic sniffing. I mean, they are not looking for truth. So the so the uh, prosecutor was like, oh, my gosh, we we discovered we we had to take a picture of the gun. Um, <laughs> but, he admits this was in 2023. right? Oh, but he, my God. He doesn't say. OK, so um, the gun, did they not have pictures of the gun already? Did they not have? Um, no, they the did. Serial they did. Right. Like, that's so, the thing. They got they got pictures of the guns in the case file. Yeah. And so they didn't need any picture of the gun. So they just made a pretext to say, let's go get some additional evidence from the gun. They sent the gun to the FBI lab and tested it for cocaine residue, but did not test it. Actually, not the gun. It was a pouch. The pouch that the gun was in, right. For cocaine residue, but did not get, did not fingerprint the gun. So the gun going on six years later, never been fingerprinted and, uh, and did not test the cocaine to figure out how long it had been there. Um, So in other words, like it could be that the pouch that the cocaine dates to 2016, they didn't check. Because they don't, you know, they're looking for a story that works. But anyway, in the prosecution filing, they were like, oh, you know, there was literally cocaine on the gun. And I was like, no, what you just told us is you literally never checked. You never sent the gun to the FBI lab in five years since the actual uh, alleged crime. And that's a testament that you weren't going to turn it since then we've learned that that go find more evidence from the gun that also didn't happen until after the indictment so you see the indictment in september you see them uh use a pretext to go test the gun for cocaine residue in october in november they use a grand jury the tax grand jury in california to ask a witness about the gun mm-hmm. which you know I, I i talk a lot about uh acceptable prosecutorial dickishness and this is the kind of thing they'll get away with but it's the kind of thing that looks especially stupid if you've been investigating for five years and you've never bothered to, to ask that witness before. So that's November. They, they grand jury testimony in November. And then in December, uh, Abby Lowell and the prosecutors have a conversation on December one. And Abby Lowell is like, do you have any evidence about the mindset of my client uh, on the day he bought a gun? And prosecutors then rush out and go get a warrant. And when it was unsealed on Monday, and, you know, pursuant to my request, mm-hmm. when it was unsealed, it had not been returned yet. The FBI was still looking for evidence in Hunter Biden's iCloud content that they've had since 2019. Wow. Now, now, when we spoke last Friday, we were waiting. You had written the letter. You asked for the, the warrants to be unsealed. You hadn't heard back yet. But shortly after we wrapped taping, sure enough, there came the tweet. And you were right. You got it right. And uh, and, and so I expected to see this covered everywhere. Did anybody else? Um, uh, Fox, New York Post. And they got, by the way, they got an advance notice. Like uh-huh. I was not told, oh, by the way, the filings that you and um, and I had to go back and get um, I asked for two things. I asked for the warrant itself uh, and what are called the attachments, attachments A and B. Attachments mm-hmm. A say, here's what you can search. Attachments B say, here's what you can search for. And attachment B was important because it was going to show whether the warrant was just for gun crimes, right? right. Uh, the earlier warrants were just for tax crimes. This warrant was for gun crimes. I had to call back to the chambers and say, hey, you know, they haven't fully complied with your order yet. Can, can we get the attachments loaded? So it was, you know, there were people in that courthouse who were not really happy about the request. And like I said, the FBI was had not returned the warrant, had not come back to the judge and said, OK, we've 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 executed this warrant. We've gotten what we need from from the content. Uh, and and it there's it is not impossible that this agent has been tainted by what he's seen on Fox News and believes he can just go into Hunter Biden may not understand that. What you see publicly, some of that was added after the fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and there may be one or two things that were completely manufactured. And so, like he said, oh, I found these texts in Hunter Biden's computer. They haven't even be. I mean, I, I this I'm fairly certain about. And it's fairly appalling, given that it's the FBI and given that, it you know, when the investigation started, it was the former vice president's son. Now it's the president's son. They haven't done basic things like. You know, they submitted these texts and they said these texts show that he was doing crack uh, the day after the two days after he bought the gun. I'm like, great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which phones did those come from? 
Because unless you can tell me which phones those came from, you've got a problem because he lost his phones, two of them, the night, the day before he bought the gun, literally. I mean, wow. like I, I, I've traced this. So loses the ph- phones on October 11th, spends much of October 12th replacing his phones, getting, you know, calling up the insurance or, or at, uh, getting online with the insurance Assyrian and, and trying to get um, sometime that day buying a gun. And then uh, Weiss is relying on texts from October 13th which is the day before Hunter Biden starts using the new phone he gets on October 14th. So it's like, which phone is it? Because unless you can tell me which phone it was and prove that it's not some, not the people who found Hunter Biden's phone, because like Hunter Biden's work email is being broken into at this time. So, you know, like this happens all the time. Hunter Biden was in the state of digital half compromise for the entirety of the time that he was addicted, particularly badly so in 2018. And, you know, I prosecutors should have the data to prove when some of this stuff happened. But other stuff, I promise you, they will not be able to prove compellingly because, um, for example, because we always have to talk about Keith, uh, about Ablo, right? Yes, Keith will blow me. Yep. Um, in, in the period when the laptop, what everyone knows is the laptop, in the period when that was being loaded up, Hunter Biden was staying at Ablo's cottage in in Massachusetts uh, and had sketchy access to the Internet. Like there's this exchange that happened in early January where it's clear he didn't have access to the Internet. Um, And so that like the way in which you would prove whether he sent those texts uh, in October 2018 is you would look at. Um, the GPS coordinates of the phone, you would look at what actual phone was used to send those texts. So you might be able to prove that it was Hunter Biden and not some addict he was with or some addict who had found his phone. But at the moment that Hunter Biden is in Keith Adlow's cottage using an I using his using Wi-Fi, his internet, right? using yeah. his Wi-Fi, how are you going to prove that it's that it's Hunter Biden and not you can't. And, and the other thing that really, you know, it just it puts up red flags for me is what the hell was Hunter Biden doing with Keith Ablo, who the, I only know him from. He was the Fox, you know, resident psychiatric expert, Dr. Keith Ablo. And I have to add the me on the end. But uh, what, how did Hunter <laughs> Biden get get messed up with him? That I have a theory about that, but I don't I don't have the answer to that yet. It's uh, just it's creepy. It's weird. So, you know, there are these and there's this indictment against Hunter Biden. You've been covering it. Thankfully, two indictments. indictments. And the only reason I mean, if you look at EmptyWheel.net this week, it's a lot about Hunter Biden. But out of necessity, because nobody else, all we're getting is the rights spin on it. Because none of the left-leaning media really is touching it. And or even the a, centrist media. I mean, so like media. Uh, somebody tipped off New York Post. So they wrote the first, like they had the warrants loaded in a New York Post story before they were loaded on the docket that I had access wow. to, which thank you. Uh, and then Fox piggybacked off their story. And these, these stories were completely incompetent. I mean, like literally they had no idea what they were looking at. And then um, a woman from Washington Examiner did a very, very competent story, like, you know, right wing outlet, but she did a very competent story. But when she did her story, the attachments A and B that I told you about for the most recent warrant were not up yet. So she didn't know the background. And so she didn't understand that the warrant in December, 81 days after the indictment was for the crime indicted in September. And so even somebody, you know, at Washington examiner doing a very competent job, couldn't get the story right because of that delay. NBC called, you know, contacted me over the weekend said, how do I find these? They're not up yet. NBC hasn't done a story. I have not seen a story, you know, like um, CNN was another outlet. Obviously, Washington Post, of course, fell for the I call it the coke and gun <laughs> ploy by the prosecutor right. to make a big deal out of the fact that there was cocaine residue in the in the pouch, but that they didn't look for fingerprints. Right. Um, uh, CNN also fell for that ploy. They, they didn't do a story either. And so 
it's, you know, I, like after what Will Lewis, Washington Post's new editor said, new publisher said, after he, after he said, dick pic sniffing is our proof that we're not biased. I, I, you know, I, I wonder whether that's the problem. Like, uh, certainly NBC has has similarly terrible coverage of Hunter Biden. And, I, you know, I, I increasingly believe, and this is not true, like, um, uh, New York Times has had some good coverage. Politico has had some good coverage. Um, but most outlets, of course, they just chase after the story without, uh, without, unpacking it like literally i am the only person who covered who covered uh the really scandalous parts of the scott um um brady testimony to congress which show which described how he was channeling stuff from rudy giuliani into the hunter biden investigation i'm i'm jumping in here for a second just to tell you that the problem is not with your video it's with youtube streaming on my end and i don't know why and there's nothing I can do to fix it at this point, because if I stop the broadcast and start over again, uh, it, it, I have to set up a whole new YouTube um, <laughs> stream and that's not going to work. So my suggestion is turn off the video, listen to the audio, because the audio, knock on wood laminate today is working and um, listen to what Marcy has to say. And then I will try to re-upload the, the decent video later. I'll try. I'm sorry. Damn gremlins. All right. Back to Marcy Wheeler. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> right. It's, it's just amazing. Well, but. it's one of many reasons why I'm always telling people you got to read emptywheel.net. Now there was, you know, we, we have fun with the dick pics and, you know, thankfully you, you keep a focus on them, but there was a new term, I guess, coined this week. We've, we've got to thank Marge. Indictable crimes. Indictable crimes. Um, is she really that stupid? Does she? Here, here's the full, the full uh, sentence. This historical evidence is overwhelming that the founding fathers intended impeachment to be used to deal with the commission of indictable crimes and the abuse of power. Indictable crimes. Yeah, I mean, but this is this is not um, the the Biden no, impeachment no, effort. It's the no. Americas impeachment <laughs> effort, which may not pass. I right? should hope not. I mean, what, or do they have? Buck has said he's voting against it. Right. So it's it's on it's on a nice edge, really, whether it'll pass. And, and that's an interesting I mean, honestly, like, OK, I want to jump ahead and talk about how we still haven't heard from the D.C. Circuit, because I, a lot of people are talking about that. Yes. So we're now three and a half weeks. Right. And, and, and the and judge not, did you know, say like, that that isn't didn't he say that he wanted to have a, a decision by the end of January. But now we've learned that Alan Weisselberg has has pled guilty to perjury. Could this be the holdup? Oh, so we're talking different things. But oh, okay. yes, Angeron uh, is 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 going to issue a ruling on Trump's uh, fortune. There are two things that could be a holdup. Yes, Weisselberg uh, lied on the stand, and um, they're they're going after him for perjury charges. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like the last deal, which is that uh, he did not, uh, he's not cooperating. You know, so will it be helpful that he will it be helpful to go after Trump that he uh, will be admitting to lying on the stand, which is what it, I don't think the deal is quite done yet, but they're in talks about it. And I think um, the only thing that that gets you is that uh, they gave him a severance package to not cooperate the last time. And both Trump and Don Jr. were in that. Don Jr., I think, is the one who formally approved that. Uh -huh. And so that may put the severance package to Weisselberg uh, on the table. But the other thing is that um, the same special master who um, want, waited through my, first Michael Cohen's devices and then Rudy Giuliani's devices was made the special master or the, uh, the, the whatever it's called for, for Trump's businesses because there was a concern that he was going to start moving money out of New York and therefore... Uh, you know, avoid the penalties that we expect. And she issued a report, which which I suspect was at the request of Engoron in advance of his ruling. And she disclosed that a $48 million, quote unquote, loan, 
that reporters have been following for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Like it's been this loan outstanding in Chicago to this um, to a shell company. And for years, people are like, what is this? You know, the people who've spent hours and hours and hours going through his books have always said this is really fishy. We can't figure out what it is. And so finally, in the course of her role as uh, it's not called special master, but I'm going to call it special master. Okay. Um, Barbara Jones, uh, uh, Trump finally said there is no loan paperwork. There was never a loan. And now it looks and that makes it look like tax fraud mm. because um, precisely the thing that they were investigating, but did not prove against Hunter Biden. It looks like they they gave them, you know, Trump gave himself a loan so as to hide money so as to not pay taxes on, oh on 50, 48 million dollars. And so that may also be part of the holdup because that gives Engron yet more justification for, um, you know, forcing them to, to liquidate their businesses, to prohibit them from doing business in, in New York. You know, when when the trial was ending, I thought. He might prohibit Trump from doing business, but not the fail sons. Um, mm-hmm. This is the kind of thing that plus the um, settlement with Weisselberg that Don Jr. was involved with. This is the kind of thing that might implicate the sons as well. So that's where that's so going. There are the two, though. I conflated them. So there's the verdict. This is what we're talking about is in New York. That's the New York civil fraud trial. Uh, the, the $370 million that they're looking for and to ban the Trump organization from doing business in New York. The other one that you were talking about, the D.C. Circuit Court, is the appeals ruling on Trump's immunity. Yeah. Right. And we're still waiting. And a lot of people are correctly stating that at the earliest, uh, that thing is not going to go to trial before June, really. Um, and you're seeing movements in Judge Chipkin's ca- uh, calendar. So um, and there are two possible things that explain that one. It, one is that it is a far more. I mean, we, we've been talking about that this, Nicole, for the past several weeks. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, you have three judges and all three judges believe different things. People are in a lot of the in a lot of the commentary on this. People are, I think, are forgetting uh, that Michelle Childs, the second Biden appointee, uh, wasn't all that crazy about taking jurisdiction of this, whereas um, Judge Pan was was amenable to that, and and um, Judge Henderson was was saw no problem with taking with taking jurisdiction. But because all three judges are in a different place, it means it's there's not a clear majority. Hmm. If it were the case that Pan and Childs both said it's clear we have jurisdiction and we're going to go big and say there's no immunity once somebody leaves office, then they then they could issue their ruling and um, and Henderson would have limited ability to stop Henderson, but Henderson has more ability coming in because she's the senior judge on the panel. But if there's like this weird split decision with all three judges writing their own opinion, um, where you have a majority between Henderson and Pan that favor weighing in right now and a majority between Pan and Childs that favor going big, then um, that would explain why it's taking so much time. It's not as like it. Trump's arguments are terrible. Mm-hmm. Not even Judge Henderson, who's very conservative, bought his arguments. But the decision uh, to these questions, because it's sort of a three part question is actually more difficult. So that may explain the delay. Like I know people are really nervous. That may explain the delay. Or it could be that Judge Henderson has figured out a way to delay it. She didn't want to take this on accelerated path anyway. So, you know, if she she could say, I'm going to take until July, I'm going to take until November to write my dissent. Um, and and oh, by the way, people are also forgetting there was a decision called Blassen Game, which was a very related decision, which is can a president, a, a former president be sued? Uh-huh. Um, and, and that he can, said right? he could be, right? Because uh, he's being sued for things he did as an office seeker mm-hmm. rather than as a, as an office holder. In other right. words, so the stuff he did related to January 6th were, were an attempt to stay in office and therefore... Uh, the D.C. Circuit ruled that that uh, he could sue. That one took 299 days. Mm-hmm. 
And on that panel, as on this one, there was one uh, Republican. In that case, it was Greg Katsas, who had been in Trump's White House. And so we we don't know why that took 299 days. Maybe it was a hard decision or maybe Greg Katsas found a means to delay. Uh, and that actually held up. I, you know, Ju- Judge Chukin didn't issue her opinion on the immunity until hours after this, the Blassen game, which I just described, mm-hmm. came out. And so, you know, it at least looks like she had a, she had her opinion mostly written and was waiting for Blassen game to make sure there was nothing in Blassen game that was going to seriously override it. But she, you know, she waited long enough to get a citation into Blassen game. So that already held up the chicken decision. Um, and sure, it's possible that Henderson is going to hold this up. That's something, again, that we talked about before the hearing. And it's something I've been warning about. Right. Uh, so, so Marcy Wheeler, you, you do an amazing job of keeping all the different lawsuits and trials and hearings and uh, all of Trump's legal tribulations straight. Um, This next week, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. On Monday, Trump's reply brief is due in the 14th Amendment case that is supposed to have oral arguments at the Supreme Court on Thursday of next week, which also happens to be the day of the Republican uh, Nevada caucuses. And then the following Monday and Tuesday, um, uh, there are hearings scheduled for the uh, documents case. That's Mar-a-Lago. And then on the 15th, a hearing in Fulton County, Georgia, on a motion to disqualify D.A. Fonnie Willis because of something wholly unrelated to any of this stuff, plus a New York hush money case hearing. I mean, all of these things are starting to really pile up, aren't they? And then we have the Republican South Carolina primary on, on February 24th. So that's just in the next, you know, three weeks alone, all this stuff is coming up. Um, yeah. And there, and there are, uh, and also by the way, Jim Jordan subpoenaed Bonnie Willis, uh, for documents related to her financial funding. People, uh, there's a, there's an article in Washington Post that people should really read about Mike Roman, who is the I one who launched the show about Connie Willis. Oh, yes. Yep. Um, because he, um, I, and, and I brought this up, but I'm glad that it's now there at the Washington Post that people can read because it lays out how he was basically the Koch spy and then became Trump's spy. And he purportedly was vetting people. This is this is a really important thing to understand. He wasn't I mean, he was spying on Democrats like it describes how he was using a drone to spy on Democrats. But he wasn't just spying on Democrats. He was spying on Republicans. He was doing research for for Trump and company. Right. And a vetter. But I mean, you know, it was described to me as spying. And he, you know, he's described in the story as coming into a hotel room and demonstrating to his wife how, or his partner, uh, how he can spy on the people using the unsecured Wi-Fi at the hotel. Uh, and and it, you know, and then he's described as working for Don McGahn in vetting in in the Trump White House, but vetting of Republicans. And it's like, okay, so you're vetting corrupt Republicans, but. But somehow all these corrupt Republicans ended up getting nominated anyway. Were you vetting them to prevent corrupt Republicans from getting nominated or were you vetting them to know the dirt on people Uh. that you were installing in the cabinet or throughout the bureaucracy? And uh, and that guy is a the guy who brought this challenge to Fonnie Willis. And from the start, I was like, did he discover the alleged affair between her And this guy, Nate Wade, who's one of the prosecutors. And did he discover it by, say, wiretapping her hotel? Uh, You know, like the the article describes him wiretapping other people's hotels. Did he wiretap Bonnie Willis? Is that how they discovered this alleged affair between Bonnie Willis and and one of the one of the prosecutors she hired? I I don't know. That's the first thought I had. Now, did he wiretap? Did he wiretap her or just tap into their Wi-Fi? And and what you have, there's a warning about using hotel or other free Wi-Fi, because in the article, in the Washington Post article, I believe it talks about Mike Roman telling his wife or partner, whoever, how easy it is to pull up anybody else who's on that public Wi-Fi and, and go into their computer. Right. And that's the point is like all the Republicans know his techniques and know that his techniques include things that are that include spying. Right. But the other thing to know about Mike Roman 
what is his role in this? There's this great line in the Washington Post where it says, this is why you don't indict the APA researcher. Um, uh, he is the guy who recruited top Republicans from swing states around the country to basically commit a crime, wow. to basically uh, engage in counterfeit, to engage to, uh, to lie to the National Archives. And there needs to be more discussion of how that recruitment process happened, because Trump yeah, we know that Trump uses threats. We know that Trump, I mean, Trump, uh, he's trying to get Nikki Haley to drop out, right? right, right. Before that, he was using the same tactics uh, uh, with Ron DeSantis. With Ron DeSantis, and we talked about this last week, with Ron DeSantis, we know all of these crimes that Ron DeSantis was adjacent to. I mean, one example is Lev Parnas, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he is one of the recipients of Lev Parnas's uh, laundered Russian money. Uh, another one is the Gillum case. Another one is the um, Joel Greenberg case. He was right. he was one degree of separation from all of that. So it would be child's play for Donald Trump to find some way to criminally expose Ron DeSantis. Uh, he he kind of claims that he's got that kind of dirt on Nikki Haley. He probably doesn't have as much dirt on Nikki Haley because Nikki Haley uh, isn't in Florida, which you know right. You, Crime always starts in Florida these days, but <laughs> of course, um, but she's not as obviously corrupt as as Ron DeSantis, and so, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, this is what Trump does, and I think that it, it just never has gotten uh, that much attention. And like as an example, you mentioned the Nevada uh, caucuses, yeah. And and one of the things that gives me hope is that Republican parties around the country are are shattering because uh, they're they're the, the the maggots are acting just like Donald Trump. That's so right. there's this big schism in the Michigan Republican Party, in the Arizona Republican Party. The chair quit. <laughs> this is your now yes, we're talking is. about your state. Yeah, I know I can't I, escape I, it. I mean, I don't know if you want to describe it, but the chair quit. Because Carrie Lake accused him of bribing her. Right. Um, and he said it wasn't a bribe, but they selectively altered this recording they made of me. But I'm sure there are more recordings of me out there. And so I'm going to quit now to avoid wow. the rest of the recordings from coming out. In Nevada, the heads of the Republican Party have been indicted mm -hmm. for their role in the fake elector spot. And, and in Nevada... The illegality of what was a bit clearer than it was, say, in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, you know, the, like the degree to which people really screw themselves in each of these states is different. But so and in Florida, don't forget, in Florida, the head of the Republican Party was ousted because of sexual uh, uh, assault charges. Yes. Right? Sexual assault and and uh, three way. Yes. Right. Like <laughs> these are the people who With said wife, we can't moms have, for liberty founder. You know, you can't write this stuff. We can't we can't have children having access to, <laughs> to books that talk about uh, gay, LGBTQ people no. as, as normal people. But uh, we're going to have three ways while we're making those arguments. Right. Oh, I got to um, tell you, wait, what the latest out of Florida is there are some books with some illustrations that may have like naked kids you know, innocuous. There's one, there's one book called No David, which was a favorite of mine and my daughter's. It was about this mischievous little boy named David who, you know, the mother's always yelling, no, David. And there's a picture on the cover of David, probably a six-year-old kid running down the street with a bare butt because he's naked. They want, they want to pull those books off the shelves and draw shorts on little David because you can't see a bare butt. That's what they're doing in Florida now. Sorry, I had to had to um, share. <laughs> well, because I, I made Arizona look bad, so now That's you have right. to. I you have to. Florida's worse. <laughs> um, but but in Nevada, uh, to cater to Trump, they set up this. They split the caucus and the primary. I can't really explain all of this, right. but because they split it, and Trump got them to cater to him, and now he's pissed about what they did to cater to him. And it's causing it's causing a schism in the Nevada party because Trump because Trump is trying to like Joe Biden successfully did, uh, didn't put himself on the ballot in New Hampshire. Right. He got a better outcome than Trump. <laughs> um, and Trump was trying something similar in Nevada. He was trying to get a big win when there were going to be 
you know, five people in the race against him. Now that there's only one, he's afraid because he's only on one ballot and not the other. So now the Nevada uh, Republicans are fighting with each other. And so, um, you know, there's a lot like the Republicans are fighting with each other. The Republicans in the house, uh, keep going on TV and saying, we've done nothing. We've done absolutely nothing. And it's like, yeah, you, you know, you, you are now over a year into this Congress and you have, done literally nothing except pursue impeachment of uh, first Joe Biden and then Mayorkas. Right. And, uh, you know, we've had more witnesses in the Hunter Biden impeachment, and they all keep saying Joe Biden had no involvement in Hunter Biden's business, you know. Um, And of course, the reason Republicans are pursuing these two impeachments rather than pursuing, you know, like, trying to pass bills is because Donald told Donald Trump told them to. And mm-hmm. so now they're going to refuse like uh, over the, the weekend, the Senate is going to finally release the compromise uh, immigration bill. <laughs> and uh, the House has already said we don't want to take that up because it'll help Joe. It'll help Joe Biden. And they're saying that uh, part out loud. No, we don't want to give Joe Biden a victory. So the thing that we're saying is the most dangerous, you know, threat to um, our country. We're just going to let it sit um, because we don't want to give Joe Biden a victory. It's asinine. Right. And and really, I mean, to the extent that you have problems with immigration, with 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 the border, there's a funding issue. And, mm-hmm. you know, whatever else the bill would do is it would fund things. And, you know, the GOP doesn't want to fund the problem that they want to fix. <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, like there's this um, caravan of right wingers, like a, an attempt to do January 6th, 3.0. Yes. And it's a, it's a, it's a flop. <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. This is um, the new trucker convoy. Is this what we're talking about? Um, yeah, they're driving to the border and it's it's all part of this effort to to, to focus attention at the border. Mm-hmm. And um, it, these people there, I, I posted a tweet. Um, this one woman was ranting about how the people who are in charge of this aren't committed to the cause. They're just committed to grifting, which is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I tweeted, I'm like, if 40 percent of Trumpsters, if maggots, came to understand the degree to which all of this is about the grift, uh, then, you know, the election would be over. Because uh, if they come to feel like Trump took advantage of them, Steve Bannon took advantage of them, the Jan 6, you know, martyr Nazis took advantage of them, then uh, it's it's going to really depress them. It's going to, you know, some of them are going to take up, uh, going to take up arms. There was the Trump supporter who, decapitated his father, his father this week. Oh my God. Yes. Um, and, and posed with the picture of the head. And, and then, you know, like there is a significant number of the people who act on Donald Trump, Donald Trump's mm-hmm. incitement who are mentally ill and that guy mentally ill. Yes. Um, and it's a, it's a terrible tragedy. Uh, and, and you're going to have more political violence, more actual, not just the threats, more political violence. You're going to have more swatting because of it. Uh, but, um, but, but, but one reason why it is so dangerous is these people are armed and these people are mentally ill. That's many right. Not all well, of them, but <clears throat> many of them, enough of them that it, that, you know, like, like the guy, uh, Tyler Toronto, who took Obama's address that Donald right. Trump posted on truth social and then started stalking the Calorama neighborhood in DC with weapons in his van. Right. Yep. That guy's mentally ill. Yep. Um, and so uh, his, you know, he's screwed because now he did something stupid and threatened a, a president and he's, he's being jailed pre pre-trial. Good. Um, but it, but he is somebody who's mentally ill and who's, who's, who Trump was, uh, who Trump, you know, was trying to incite uh, focus on Obama, and he responded to that by literally stalking Calorama. Um, so we're going to see a lot more of that, but but we're really seeing, you know, we're seeing partly through paranoia, partly through uh, incompetence, partly through uh, Donald, you know, Donald Trump really. He's out for himself. I mean, like the other thing that came out this week is uh, the last six months of fundraising. And Trump spent $50 million million on legal 
fees last year. Mm-hmm. $50 like, million so dollars are, from donors who were co- contributing to his reelection campaign. Right. right. So, so there's this giant suck of, of having to pay for Trump's lawyers and his fundraising actually is sort of underwater already, mm-hmm. but the RNC had a historically bad fundraising That's in the right. last period as well. Yep. And, uh, and so it's actually, you know, so you've got the, the really crazy people don't, don't, you know, they're beginning to lose, they're beginning to like through a combination of par- I'm talking about the caravan people, through a combination of, 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 um, paranoia about the deep state infiltrating them and a realization that many of the people involved are grifters. That energy is sort of, uh, uh, dying off to some degree. It's more individualized through the um, schism of at least three, probably closer to five swing state Republican parties through their poor fundraising, through Donald Trump spending. I mean, one of then the other story this week is that of that $50 million, uh, something like 300,000 or upwards of 300,000 was for a British lawyer. (laughs) <laughs> so that he could sue Christopher Steele about yes, the dossier. And that case and was thrown out. The this reason week. they tried to sue those who know there's Europe has a, has a Europe wide privacy law called GDPR. And there have been two lawsuits against Christopher Steele related to the dossier in the UK. And the first one was before GDPR and that failed, but the second one used GDPR and succeeded. Uh, and so th- these Trump lawyers were like, great, we'll use GDPR and we'll sue Christopher Steele, uh-huh. but the alleged crimes were pre-GDPR, and they had let the statute of limitations on it on the actual claim expire. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it was a waste of three hundred thousand dollars, all in pursuit of you know this frivolous claim against Christopher Steele right. in the first place. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know so so honestly. Like, yes, it's not clear we're going to have a January 6th trial, either the Fonnie Willis one because of Mike Roman's challenge or the and that one would not be done before the election. In any case, that's you know, we're still in process or the Tanya Chutkin one in D.C. because this appeal (laughs) is delaying it. But I do want people to understand that Trump is destroying the Republican Party all the while. And he himself, you know, like uh, Nikki Haley will not be the nominee, but. The longer she stays in, the longer his Teflon falls apart. And, um, you know, and, and Republicans in the House, at least, are sort of self-sabotaging. Right. Uh, they, you know, the the, the vote to replace uh, Santos is next week. And Tom Swosey looks good in the polls, like the, the, the people who, ex- who are expected to come out to vote support him. So uh-huh. we, may, we may have one more Democrat, you know, not the greatest Democrat, right, but we may but have still. one Democrat back in this. You know, so the Republican margins in the House are getting razor thin. And then um, and then meanwhile, there was an incredible jobs report for yes. Biden. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so just this morning, uh, better than anybody expected. The people at Fox are sort of uh, freaking out, uh, I guess. Fox- and they're admitting it, though. They're like, oh, my gosh, this is a great this is a great jobs report. That's all right. like you know, all of these economists, um, even people, you know, like even the annoying centrists who are debt scolds. Everyone is saying, "Wow, the economy is in great shape." You had uh, Jay Powell, uh, the chair of the Fed, who uh, you know, I I, I question his. Um, uh, he, he's certainly not a a Biden. Acolyte, you know, I, I I think his uh, interest rate hikes over the last couple of years, maybe, and I'm not an economist. I, I I know how to spend money. That's about it. But I I don't think he's been, you know, aiming to help the Biden administration. And he got up uh, yesterday, or is the day before, and said, you know, the economy is is good. It's really good. Um, and and, uh, and then this this jobs report today was just through the roof much better than anybody expected. And they revised upwards last month's job numbers as well. So um, this is what many of the pundits are saying now. It's why the Republicans are going all in on the border because they can't scream about the economy anymore because there's no there there. 
And there, and then there's an interesting uh, Biden took an interesting step this week to start sanctioning uh, illegal West Bank settlers. Yes, good. And it's a really minor thing. I mean, like the, one of the biggest upside risks that Joe Biden has is that a lot of young voters really, really loathe his Israel policy. And it splits, you know, in Michigan, it could cost him the state because there's so many Arab and or Muslim voters. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. But I've seen some people who talk about how savvy that decision is because it really puts Bibi in a tough spot and it puts Bibi in a tough spot while there are legitimate negotiations, even to give uh, Palestinians a state. Like mm-hmm. I am not, I'm not suggesting that 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 is going to remedy, you know, 70 years of conflict, but, uh, but there is a new, bec- because of all of the, 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 protest and support of Gazans, of Palestinians, not Hamas. Right. It is creating a changed landscape. And and people are describing this this uh, this West Bank thing is is um, at this point minor, but a really important step because it puts Bibi in a quandary and you're not going to solve Israel. You're not going to solve this conflict with Bibi there because Bibi wants Trump to win. Like BB is in the same place as Trump. And you if, notice he, Trump. if he doesn't stay in power, he goes to jail. Right. Same with Trump. Exactly. And you notice that Trump has not come out and said, here's his policy. Here's what he would do. He's just standing back and let, you know, trying to be vague about it all. So and, uh, the, and, and meanwhile, the Saudis have have said they're going to start cutting uh, oil supplies again, which they do every year for Trump because they are basically Trump's employer. Of course. So, I, you know, I know people are really uh, anxious about the D.C. Circuit decision. And I, I, I just wanted to talk about the landscape of politics where the Republicans are kind of self-sabotaging. And there are some good things happening uh, with Biden. And then now. Uh, we should talk about the worst news of the week, which is that it has been a bloodbath for journalism this week. Oh, yeah. You had the messenger shut down. You had Wall Street Journal make sort of frivolous cuts in D.C. You had um, L.A. Times also basically bloodbath last week. So there's never been a month like January of 2024 for the number of journalists who've been um, laid off. Wow. And... Uh, and, you know, like like the messenger as a whole was a terrible formula and did uh, in on the hill some really terrible journalism. But it also employed one of easily one of the best court journalists in the country, Adam Costa, yes, and yes, a number yes. of other really good journalists and employed Eric Geller, who's one of the best cybersecurity journalists. You know, so th- like we are and this is one of the things we're seeing is that outlets that depended on social media uh, for their traffic a year ago um, now aren't getting that traffic and and they're laying off. Yeah. So, I mean, like uh, Josh Marshall had a really good piece this week about, um, about the messenger, Mm -hmm. but you know, he, like, obviously he has succeeded in doing bigger than what you and I have succeeded in doing all these years. Like right. he's, he's employed more people. Right. And he's talking points memo. Right. Yeah. yeah. He, and, and so he, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting thing, but um, you know, I have a fair amount of optimism about the election, even though we may not get a, tr- a, a big trial of Donald Trump, but we need to solve the journalism crisis. Oh God. Yes. And I don't know. Obviously, I don't know the answer or we'd be doing we'll listen it. to you and, and read me. And, um, and that's and, you know, we're doing our part. But uh, but we it, we really you can't have democracy without journalism. And with the bloodbath in journalism in the last month, you know, it's it's hard to see where responsible political reporting is going to come from in the year ahead. And the other thing I mean, and this is I think partly it's the social media thing, but partly in 2016 and 2020, Donald Trump was was a gravy train for the press. Mm-hmm. His style of conflict was brilliant for the press. And it's not working this time around, partly because he's not like the show is much more depressing and his delivery is off and it's tedious. And so, you know, I think a lot of outlets were like, let's just get to election season. And if we get to election season, 
Donald Trump will, you know, save us for another Ugh, 10 months or so. Right. He's yeah. not, Donald Trump is not their savior, um, which maybe they can stop coddling him. Um, but yeah, that like my, my biggest caution is not the DC circuit delay in that opinion on immunity. My biggest caution right now is what we do about journalism. Well, and, and look, support EmptyWheel.net. Support this show. I mean, you're a journalist. I'm not. I'm a talk show host. I try to stay informed and I try to make everything fact-based. And if I get something wrong, I rush to correct it and hope people will correct me if I get something wrong. But you're, you're a journalist and the work you're doing is so important. And I love, again, that you do it. Um, and, and the American Prospect does it this way as well. No paywall, but please support the work we're doing because it is that important. Uh, I think the no paywall is no paywall is really important. The Daily Beast, I, I could go. I, I couldn't tell you about their reporting because their paywall is so um, in your face that it seems like every time I go there to look at a story, it, you have to. You know, if you're not a paying subscriber, then you can't read it. And today. They have a story about Walt Nuata, who is Donald Trump's uh, body man, who was only hired by Trump after he was fired from the White House, accused of sexual misconduct. Have you heard about this story? Yeah. Um, and that's Roger Sullenberger, by the way, uh, yeah. who is worth the price of admission well, to Daily Beast right. because it's, he is easily one of the best oh, uh, oh, campaign finance journalists oh, out good. there. He also, okay. by the way, Go Same ahead. guy who broke a lot of the Herschel Walker stories. So, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, so he's a great journalist. And, you know, I think we there were allegate, there were hints of these allegations in the past. It's the counterpart to this ABC story that when the FBI searched Mar-a-Lago back in August 2022, <laughs> they missed two rooms and we're still looking for 30 boxes of documents and we don't know where theirs went to. Right. Um, you know, and, and that raises questions about FBI coddling of Donald Trump. Um, I, you know, I'm not surprised by the Walt Nauta, uh, allegations. I, um, I think that one way or another, Walt Nauta, so long as he's Trump's most trusted valet, he is made and he has an investment in helping Trump beat the rap. And the right? thing is, so, he's Trump's co-defendant in the Mar-a-Lago documents case where he has been ordered by the judge not to talk with any of the other co-defendants about the case. He's Trump's body man. Do you really think they're not talking about the case? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, they're they're basically in a joint defense agreement, so it doesn't really matter because mm. through their attorneys, they are they are adopting the same approach and have been. I mean, you know, if it weren't Donald Trump, uh, a, a defense attorney would have advised Walt not to, to cooperate back in November of right. 2022, and he didn't. And that's not necessarily a poor choice for Walt not to, because the way in which he remains a made man is to remain one of Trump's most loyal advisors if Trump wins re-election. Right. If he doesn't, then he'll go to jail. And, and you know, it's a, it's a gamble but it's a gamble that worked for Paul Manafort. It's mm -hmm. a gamble that worked for Roger Stone. It's a gamble. So far. You know, it's a gamble that has proven to work in the past. The question is whether it's going to work going forward. Exactly. Marcy Willer, we're coming up to the end of the hour. And I need to mention that I am not going to be here next week because my daughter is coming to town. And uh, so I'm taking vacation for the day she's here. So. Unless, you know, and, and again, as happened last week, if we get a ruling in either of these uh, cases that we're expecting maybe any minute, the, uh, the appeals court ruling on Trump's immunity or the verdict in the New York civil fraud trial, I'll update that at showtime when this interview airs this afternoon at 5 Eastern to Pacific. Um, but so for next week... I'm going to be off. My daughter gets in Wednesday night and then I'm out of touch for for a week. Um, I thought next Friday I'd pull from the archives the first time you were on the show, which was back in 2011 after we met up in D.C. at some like uh, rebuild the American dream or some 
oh, event. Oh, okay. Right? Do you remember I'm, that? I'm not. It's going to be a surprise to me. I'm sure I'm not going to remember it. So. And then there was Capitol Hill like lobbying day when we were we went up to members of the super committee, if you remember the super committee, who was talking about privatizing uh, Medicare and all that stuff. And we went to Dave Camp's office where the legislative director lied to us. He told us the legislative director was with the congressman up at the Capitol and it was, he was, it was him. And we had his name. He, you asked for his card cause you lived in Michigan. It was just wild. We also went to the, my then congressman's office, Alan West, who had had me arrested just a few weeks earlier at a, a so-called town hall meeting. So it was, it was a fun day. So that, that was the first time you came on the show. So maybe I'll do that unless all hell breaks loose and something major happens. And maybe we can do a quick segment that record on Wednesday or something. Otherwise we're going to have to wait another week. All right. So, well, have a good, have enjoy your time with your dog. Oh, I certainly will. And maybe you will get the screws removed from your foot perhaps. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll get rid of my not loose enough screw. Okay. So either way, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you posted and obviously just keep going to emptywheel.net and you'll be updated on everything in real time. Marcy Wheeler, always a pleasure. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm both looking forward to the next few months and dreading them. So I yeah, guess. buckle up. It's going to be crazy. Yes, it is. All right. There you go. Another uh, empty wheel Friday in the books. Uh, again, I apologize for the video, the YouTube problems. I don't know what happened. Um, I'll try to fix it for next week and I'll see if I can re-upload the video because the video on this end is fine. Damn YouTube. Anyway, uh, the audio is there. So you might want to listen with the video off. Um, that's it. Have a great weekend, everyone. I'll see you Monday. Don't forget, the Grammys are Sunday night, and normally I wouldn't care. But Joni Mitchell is performing. Seriously. So it's worth the price of admission. All right. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone. I'll see you Monday. Peace out. <laughs>